All right. Um, again, we are studying from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 92. And um, the title of this chapter is Political Sentiments. Now, when I first heard the title of this chapter, I'm like, okay, what is she going to talk about political sentiments? I thought it was going to be dealing with, okay, we shouldn't get involved in politics or something like that. Um, What did you guys think when you first read the chapter, the title? About political sentiment? Mm -hmm. uh, I was just thinking uh, different people's political sentiments and possibly how it relates to what God expects from us. Mm, okay okay well you know it's it's very interesting that this chapter actually ties in with we've been studying from uh the um sabbath school lesson social justice in the word of god uh mm-hmm. this this month for black history month and it's interesting how it's it really tied into this week's lesson um and so we'll get to that in, in just a little bit i don't want to rehash the sabbath school lesson but i do want to make a couple of points of connection between the two. Um, but in any event, she says that she saw that many professed Sabbath keepers will come short of everlasting life. She said they fail to take warning from the course pursued by the children of Israel and fall into some of their evil ways. And if they continue in these sins, they will fall like the Israelites and never enter the heavenly Canaan. So uh, Lakita, can you tell me what that means that they will fall like the Israelites and never enter the heavenly Canaan? Okay. Well, what do you think? Go ahead. No, go ahead. What do you think it means? Okay. Well, let me clarify. Do you want just what that um, part of it mean or what the whole paragraph that you were talking about with that? Mean? Either one, either one that you want to address. Okay. Well, um, the Israelites, um, the Israelites, didn't have faith in God. They didn't trust God. So they were like told to do something and didn't do it because they um, they saw to themselves about what what they could do and couldn't do and not in God. But when I think about the, the, the rest of the paragraph where it's talking about um, fall to some of their evil ways, Saw that many super, they found to, um, they felt they wanted from the course pursued by the student and found some of the evil ways. Um, see, I got something else, but it doesn't seem to go with that. So I'm going to tell you what I have. I'm okay. thinking about people who believe in God, but they are pharisaical and not necessarily merciful. And But this doesn't seem to have a connection with the um, Israelites who were you know, keep falling backwards. They just kept falling backwards and didn't believe in God and doing their own thing. And they ended up missing out on the, the great blessing that he had for them. That was to have their own land in Canaan. And people, so I don't know how to bring those two together. Those well, so let me ask you this. What were some of the evidences that were given to the children of Israel that the Lord was leading them? Oh, okay. So he led them by day. Um, by a pillar, uh, by a cloud, I think, and then at night it was by a, a fire, and mm-hmm. so he was eating them directly. Let's say he was giving them manna from heaven; they had food mm-hmm. directly from heaven, and mm-hmm. also the, a lot of miracles. For example, uh, they were needing water, and then um, Moses was able to strike a rock, and the water came gushing from the rock. Mm-hmm. You know, also. Due to their complaining, there were snakes biting them. They were able to look at the bronze snake, look up at it, upon it, and they would live no matter how close to death they were. Mm-hmm. All they did was cast their eyes upon it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have some other foods, so he provided quail. It was so much quail, and people were so greedy that they hurt themselves, you know, eating all that, all the quail meat and stuff. They didn't even eat the manna at that point. So after all of those evidences of God's leading what do you think was the problem with them? Because it says that 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 many Sabbath keepers will fall into those same sins because I'm sure, you know, individually, we've had evidences of God showing up in our lives. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. So then what, what is the problem then? If we have the evidences, they have plenty of evidences. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses actually went up onto the mountain and talked directly with God and came down from God. They heard the thunderings and they heard the voice mm-hmm. of God from the mountain. Mm-hmm. 
And so what is it about us as human beings that makes us still fall when we know the right thing to do or the right way to go? Just um, scoffers, I think again, it says scoffing. And I think another thing we might not really do is attribute to God the things that he does for us. So lack of praise in our lives, you know, lack of acknowledging God's um, mercy and his goodness, testifying to his mercy. I think that's that's a real issue right there, that we don't really uh, claim it. Like people are afraid to say the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, or, you know, I was convicted by God. You know, people are afraid to really talk about actual communication. With them. I think a lot of times just being human too, we want to- we can't really um, connect with the supernatural. You know, we're so used to things here on earth that we attribute what happened to something on earth. Like a lot of people say, oh, I was lucky or, you know, lucky, thank my lucky stars. Or, you mm. know, I just happened to hear something like Lakita saying, we don't attribute what happened to God, even though there's no other way it could have happened because think about the Israelites, they were in slavery and they were not getting out unless God saved them. But once mm-hmm. they got out, they start thinking among themselves, wow, we did pretty good to get out of that slavery thing, you know, and we mm-hmm. escaped and we came through the Red Sea and they start thinking on their own power. And anytime that we forget God, then that's where we fall short. You know, like she said, because of unbelief, even when the evidence is right in front of us and we still do it now. That's why she's saying profess Sabbath keepers in these last days, we mm-hmm. still do it. We might have a, a need a job. We haven't got a job in 20 years and we pray for a job. The Lord bless us. And we say, man, it took me 20 years, but I finally got a job. You didn't do it. God did it. And we need to give him more thanks and, and gra- show some gratitude for all he does for us continually. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Oh, either one of you can answer this one. What does the word professed or the phrase professed Sabbath keepers mean? People who say they are, people who claim and verbally say they are Sabbath keepers. And um, is the implication is that um, just in word only, they're not really following God. Mm. And it's like he said, it's people uh, professes me with their mouth, but their deeds are far from me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now that's going to be very important as we get further down into this chapter, the difference between true Sabbath keepers or true Christians, I will say like that, and those that just profess to be Christians. And then she says, uh, now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. So we're supposed to look at their example, but not Mm -hmm. emulate. Say, okay, this is what happened to them when they went down that path or those paths that they went down. So let us not go down those same paths. Yeah. By the same token, we're to look at examples of the good things they did. Those who did show faith in God, those were examples too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Okay. And she saw that many, she said that in the next paragraph, she saw that many would fall this side of the kingdom. God is testing and proving his people and many will not endure the test of character. The measurement of God. Many will have close work to overcome their peculiar traits of character and be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, unrebukable before God and man. Many quote unquote professed Sabbath keepers will be no special benefit to the cause of God or the church without a thorough reformation on their part. Many Sabbath keepers are not right before God in their political views. They are not in harmony with God's word or in union with the body of Sabbath-keeping believers. Their views do not accord with the principles of our faith. So I was kind of wondering as I was reading, okay, where is she going with this? You know, but then she says, sufficient light has been given to correct all who wish to be corrected. All who still retain political sentiments, which are not in accordance with the spirit of truth, are living in violation of the principles of heaven. Um, any comments on that? Well, before you go there, I want to say one more characteristic of the 
the um, Israelites up in the mm -hmm. above um, paragraph okay. was that complaining, 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 and murmuring. And I think that under um, that that undermines your faith and your trust in God. All that complaining and stuff. Mm -hmm. but anyway, okay. So back to this: the political views. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically, it seems like she's saying here that that there are a lot of people who think that they're right with God and they're good Christians, but their character and their life is showing something entirely different. Well, it's like you had said earlier, kind of goes with what we're talking about in Sabbath school today. You know, when we think about the, the religious right and the tea party, and uh, even you could even say the, the Klan, the sword of the Lord, all these various groups claiming that they're Christians, claiming they love the Lord, claiming that God is on their side. And yet the things they do are totally against God, murdering, torture, killing, you know, abusing people, mistreating people. And, you know, the Lord says, that's why it says love to God and love to your fellow man contain all the commandments. And these people claiming they're uh, Christians, but they're going against all this love for your fellow man. And really mm. in that case, love against God too. Mm. That's really good. I'm glad you brought that out, Lee, that, that, that God's government is based on love, period. Not, um, not um, divisions and separations and all of that, but unconditional love. Were you going to say something, Lakita? Yeah, and free will. You know, it's that's the real big issue is free will. You know, and isn't that that part of love that that free will is part of love because you can't force someone and then say that's love, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah, it's really sad. Now she was, um, we're reading this elsewhere too, uh, where she was talking about a lot of the church member stance on slavery. A lot of them was fine with slavery and they would say, well, I don't own no slaves personally, so it don't bother me. And some of them, I believe, did have slaves or didn't care. And she was telling them that's not in harmony with God's word. And like she says here, uh, you can't you can't be a part of the membership, a part of the body of Christ and have those type of beliefs. So you are going to have to allow the spirit to change your thoughts or look elsewhere you know, to be in part of a group or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. And then in this next paragraph, she actually gets into what she's talking about. And she says their principles and positions in political matters are a great hindrance to their spiritual advancement. These are a constant snare to them and a reproach to our faith. And those who retain these principles will eventually be brought just where the enemy would be glad to have them where they will, they will be finally separated from Sabbath-keeping Christians. These brethren cannot receive the approval of God while they lack sympathy for the oppressed colored race and are at variance with the pure Republican principles of our government. God has no more sympathy with rebellion upon earth than with rebellion in heaven. So I want to stop right there. So she's talking about, obviously, slavery and how colored people were treated, and she calls them the colored race oppressed colored race. So that ties right in with our Sabbath school lesson and particularly Monday's lesson where she's talking about the evils of slavery. Mm -hmm. And um, it was very interesting to me that during her time, you know, which was back in the 1800s, she took a stance against slavery and she took a stance against um, runaway slaves being returned to their masters. And she was adamantly opposed to that. And, and it's interesting that, you know, one of the things that it pointed out in the Sabbath school lesson was that Jesus did not come up against the powers that be. He didn't wage war against the powers that be or the, the governors or the, you know, those in charge. He just didn't. And, 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 and that, you know, scripture tells us, well, you know, you should respect authority and you should respect those that God has put in power because he's the one that raises up kings and sets them down. But at the same time, there is a higher law and that's God's law. And we are not to any way uh, agree with a government that 
goes against God's law. And one of the things it pointed out in the Sabbath school lesson was the church in Germany, their position when, when Hitler was exterminating all the Jews. And mm-hmm. the church was like, okay, well, we, we need to buy by scripture and not interfere and not do anything and not be involved. So what do you guys think about that? I and think what, a lot of times. Ellen White's stance, but also then, you know, getting involved in situations that we see wrong being done. I think a lot of times the church members just want to be comfortable and just leave things as they are. If it ain't bothering me, then I'm not going to start any trouble. But if we, you know, if we see somebody who's injured or hurt, then we're called upon to show some mercy and a system like the, um, uh, the good Samaritan, you know, that was an example of getting involved where somebody needs help. So you can't just say, Oh, those people are in trouble. Let me turn, turn uh, the other cheek and look the other way. That's not the right thing to do. What if, what if Christ did that to the whole earth? So, Oh man, those humans we <laughs> created, they done sin. It's too bad for them. I'm going to look the other way. What if he did that? We'd all be in trouble, but instead he showed compassion and mercy and love to us and came down to help us and provide salvation. Well, you know, Lee says it's the church members, but I say most of this stuff comes from the church leadership. I think the leadership put out different information. I, I distinctly know that up until this year, the church has really had a sense of not getting involved in political stuff. I mean, you had people that didn't vote because they believed they were not supposed to get involved in political in political stuff, you know. So I think that it comes from the leadership. Now we all should be studying for ourselves, but sometimes people can use this scripture or that saying or this thing, and it sounds like what it sounds like it's in agreement with the Bible and stuff. So you have to almost do an exhaustive study on stuff. But I, I say that the, I see that the church continues to, to uh, I guess, advance in knowledge or open up in knowledge. But I, I believe that it's not necessarily coming from the people. It's coming from the top. And they have not always been right. And we just, we're living in the, like, in this time period where more knowledge is coming forward, more knowledge is coming forth. And we are beginning to see that you have to study for yourself. People used to say that, but you really have to be about paying close attention to what you're hearing and then studying for yourself on stuff that's questioned. It's like we always see in our classes. You know, yeah, we talk about a lot of things. And, and if you go back home and you study some more, come and share it with us, you know. And each person still has to be persuaded in their own minds just because you say it's so, that doesn't mean I think it's so. So when I go and study and I find out something, then I can bring it back to the group and say, hey, what do y'all think about this that I saw over here and read this? And then it gives us all some more information to work with, how the Lord can uh, use that to point us to the right way. Everybody's constantly changing. You know, my views uh, today are way different than they were 10 or 20 years ago. So we're all growing in grace. And so you can't really just fault a person who's not on the same wavelength as you, or you're not on the same wavelength as them because things change. The more we draw closer to Christ, our opinions and our thoughts change. Yeah, I Let me, I, oh, go ahead. I agree with that. You know, definitely our thoughts and stuff change. But I also, I just believe personally, that sometimes it was just more expedient for leadership to not deal with certain issues like the race riots and stuff. You know, um, they, they weren't like Sister White who says, I know that this is going to cause some problems, but I'm not going to be a coward and I'm going to say what I want to say back then. I have not seen that spirit. You know, I have not seen that that spirit. Now we see it, of course, with African-Americans, with Black people. You know, we're we seeing that stuff, but I have not seen, you know, you know, um, in the 60s when when you had the civil rights march, it took white people to get out there and walk around, you know, and march around and stuff. They were there in the in the thick of it. I have not seen our church take a stand and say we under no circumstance allow stands, not not something you put in a magazine that nobody reads, you know, 
a loud stance that this is not tolerable. This is not, you know, and we are feeling the pain of our members of the diverse races. You know, never, I never see anything, even with Ukraine. I mean, you know, we, I guess there's no way they can do it, but even with this Ukraine thing, we got, because we have schools in both of those schools and churches in both countries. And so there is no, no stand up and say, no real pushback and say, I've heard amongst the church members, amongst African-Americans, but, you know, not from the leadership. I mean, you know, my past, our pastor may go, the pastor, local pastor, but not from NAD, you know. Hmm. So that leads into my next question. What role should we as individuals and we as a church take when we see oppression, when we see people being marginalized, when we see people being done wrong, um, whether it's an individual person or whether it's a, 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 a group of people? Well, the first thing we need to do is stop marginalizing people and oppressing people first. The church needs to stop doing that. So we'll go with the um, just how women cannot be ordained. It's just really ridiculous and stupid to me. You know, so, and I know that, you know, well, it might offend some brethren way over here in the back country of who God knows where. Well, they need to come up too. You know, I mean, because the church really, really, uh, a lot of stuff is happening because of women, you know. Also, you know, they're in, and also in race relations. We, first of all, let's stop doing it. Let's stop doing it. And then we can talk about what role we can play in the world. But so let's get our house in order first. Mm. Okay. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> See, did you have a comment on that? <laughs> yeah, I think it's got to be more than lip service. And it is very true that it's easy to write a quick article in the Outlook or the review that only our church members will see. I think that the, uh, the NAD and the GC, they do have to be careful, you know, of speaking up. So, for example, if they speak about the Ukraine now and say something, then it could possibly cause the Russians to attack the Ukraine Christians or whatever. I don't know what all they might be thinking of on a global level, but level but as far as local level yeah we see injustices and when there is a march we could create a protest march we can have a petition we can boycott stores we need to be involved in things instead of uh, just always looking from afar and saying wow did you see on the news where the people was marching we need to be those people who are marching and protesting and saying something about wrongdoing and you know i i, I don't know maybe it's going to take some real prayer for, for um for our church and the leadership in, in particular. But I know that, you know, um, I don't know, maybe I missed it, but there was no real, you know, like, oh, what happened with this man, George Floyd? This is a terrible thing that happened to him, you know? And the same thing with the Ukraine. Yeah, you can't say, oh, the Russians, or you may not want to say Russians are wrong, Ukraine, because we don't know all the history of this stuff. But you can say, hey, this is terrible. Both sides are going to lose people. People are going to die because of land, because of peace, as far as I understand, land or whatever. You know, whatever these people, what we do know is that it's not about God. And so, you know, we um, even making a statement like that, you know, we, you know, if this was a holy war, if this was a war that God himself, we could support that. But we can't support the um, people losing their lives, possibly in a crisis grave for over things, you know, on both sides. Or what? Over what? Things, stuff. Things, okay, okay. Yeah, All you right. know, not because, you know, one side really loves the Lord and, and you know, uh, and they want to stop people from loving God. It, it don't have anything to do with that. That's a war worth fighting. You know, no, no you guys not going to do that. But well, go ahead. Well, what I think is interesting, uh, I've been reading about the children of Israel, right? And so one of the things, and I mentioned this earlier, maybe today, is that when the children of Israel crossed over into Canaan land, they were prohibited from being the aggressor in starting wars. Mm -hmm. They were absolutely prohibited from, from, from just going in to just conquer and conquest. God was supposed to go before them and, and lead the way. Like for instance, the battle of Jericho, it wasn't really a battle. 
because God took care of that. And so that's how it was supposed, that was God's intention when they went into uh, Canaan land is that they not fight at all. They not be warriors at all. If they were attacked, then he allowed the battle. But to go in just conquering, no, that was, they were prohibited from doing that. And so, and, and some, some uh, nations, he told them, absolutely, you do not touch them because he had, pro he had made promises to their bloodline that, that, that they would be protected by him. And so, you know, children of Israel didn't really like it, but like they had to go all the way around when, when those, when those tribes said, no, you cannot come through our land and absolutely not. You cannot come through our land. And they said, even when they said, well, we'll pay for anything that we use and we'll make sure we go on by the river road route or whatever. And they said, no. And the, and, 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 and so the command from God was, well, you got to go around. If they won't let you through, you got to go around because you are absolutely not supposed to touch them at all. Mm -hmm. Some of them got in trouble later too. Those nations that didn't let them pass through, then they got in trouble. But I was going to point out that we we might want to do some investigation on where the the uh, GC or NAD stands because they might be making press releases and we just haven't heard yet. That could very well be. And I was I was wondering myself as far as the Ukraine because you know 3ABN has a Russian uh, network and. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to tune in to just see if they were saying anything that we could understand. I mean, they might be speaking in Russian, so I don't know. But uh, I was interested in at least tuning to it to just see if, you know, if there was anything they were saying about it. Because obviously the church in Russia is really, I mean, they are, they are right there in the midst of it. The church in Ukraine is right there in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. What are they saying? Cool. Yeah, to find out what they're saying. And there are some right. people who are actually protesting the war. Some Russians are protesting this war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are. There are. And so it just begs the question of what is our church in those two countries doing at this point? Now, what is know, our saying? Go ahead. Point? I was going to say the truth is there's always issues to be uh, protested against or stood up against. There's always issues in every country, every continent has issues of social uh, inequalities to, for the church family to stand up to. So, I mean, we can look right here in our own country. There's yeah. plenty for us to stand up against. Uh, Australia, Africa, Sweden, everybody has issues that, that the poor are being oppressed, the needy are being left out. You know, those with uh, orphans and widows are being mistreated everywhere you go because that's the devil's plan so there's always opportunity for god's people to stand up for what's right let me ask a question and this is getting back to this country and some some of the things that have happened in this country just well well in the 1900s um and is anything any of the things that have happened that you can think of where something was done to to black people that the people that did it thought they they were following god and they were good christians and they were just making sure that you know probably be easier to find times that they didn't do that <laughs> i think that whole the whole slavery thing was sanctioned because uh by people saying that you know um Somehow they were the master race and this is what God wanted and stuff, you know. Everything people do, you know, you hear about the these uh, churches, you know, so-called churches, Christians. When I woke up this morning, that was one of the first things on my mind is how these churches, I'm going to just say the word evangelicals, have all of these, like, um, stuff that, you know, no abortion and it's Okay, so it's okay to say I don't agree with abortion or, or you know we should not be paying government money for abortion. You can say that if you want to, but to go so far as to to bomb up places and kill doctors and nurses and even you know when they when they bomb up these places, there's probably even women in there, you know, waiting around. So just to kill because you don't agree or you feel like our homosexuality is wrong, so you decide you're going to bring on judgment on these people before God does. So you can kill them and do stuff or whatever, you know, or that 
some races of people are not as important as others. So we can just kill them and, and mistreat them and, uh, you know, put them in jail for one guy got 1800 years in prison for driving a car, a getaway car. And he says, I didn't even know it was uh, two white guys and him. I think it was two white guys, two black guys. The people who went in and robbed was white people. And then they got like five years. The other black guy got 10. He got 1800 years. It's crazy. And then they was talking, I, I, he may have got it overturned, but it's like a partial overturn. If he does anything, he's going to have to finish serving out that time. It's crazy. It's always something going on in this world. Sure. That's where those professed Christians come in. The ones who say they're Christian, but their actions deny Christ. Yeah, yeah. You know, like those groups, uh, Keita mentioned evangelical. And then I mentioned earlier the moral majority, the Tea Party, all them groups. A lot of the GOP representatives and congressmen swear up and down that they're Christians, but their actions are saying something different. So one of the guys was like, you know, oh, anti-abortion. Nobody should ever have an abortion and blah, 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 under no circumstances. So, you know, his girlfriend, not his wife, but a girlfriend, you know, he was a married man. She says, I just had to come out and say, he paid for my abortion. I got the paperwork to prove it. <laughs> and then he quit his job. So, you know, he resigned then. But all of this you holding people to a standard that you yourself do not live by. And then you want to kill people about it or incite other people to kill and hurt and harm because you disagree or you don't like uh, other people making bad, poor choices on their part if they choose to, if you might, you might want to call it that, but they get to make the choice. God, you know what? When it would have been easier for God to just wipe Adam and Eve out in the Garden of Eden, if he was not committed to free will, you have free choice. You can choose pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really have to be careful. The thing that I think about politics and politicians, it's a lot of lying going on with a straight face. Yeah. And the Native Americans called it right. White men speak with forked tongue. They'll tell you one thing and meanwhile be stabbing you in the back you know, while they let, while they smile in your face. And it's just sad that these are the people we call our representatives. Sister White mentioned the, uh, the Republic of America, you know, which is supposed to be government by the people and for the people. As the Panthers used to say, power to the people. That ain't happening because these people we elected have gotten selfish and greedy. They're not upholding what we want. They're upholding what they want. And it's always for money or fame or something of that like. They just forgot all about their duty to the American people. And, I, and if if Trump had gotten office and they did this and then Russia did what it did today, that would not be because, first of all, we wasn't in, even in NATO. We may not have even heard about it because it wouldn't have come out. I mean, they was he wouldn't have done anything. You know, he's over talking about inciting people to go against their own president, talking about Putin is right. You know, just stay out of it. Trump might have wanted us to go fight for Russia, help them mm -hmm. beat Ukraine down. You don't know what these idiots in office do. That's right. why you always got to depend on the Lord. And like we had uh, talked about earlier, study for yourself and think for yourself. Think. You just can't blindly follow yes. the leadership. Yes. That's, that's out of church leadership, political leadership, yes. and church leadership. Mm -hmm. Nobody is called to be a slave to another man's opinion. Mm -hmm. You really must, must think. Oh, my goodness. It ain't illegal yet. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Bringing it forward from slavery, can you think of any instances where something was done by the majority race to the minority race or an individual in the minority race and the ones doing it felt like they were doing it because God or, or felt like they were Christian in doing it. They were, keeping the races, they were keeping the races separate and that's what God wanted. Yeah, that's all these hate, all these groups, these hate groups. And some of these people say, Oh, I don't hate them, but, you know, uh, they taking my place or whatever crazy fear they have going on, you know, but that's all of these, you know, uh, far right groups 
that thinks that, you know, um, white is superior to all the other groups. It's not just African-American, it's everybody. If they, if tomorrow every African-American um, disappeared, was not in America, if didn't exist, it was gone, then they would probably be messing with the, China, the Asian people or they would be messing with the East Indian people or it's going to be somebody because that's just the nature of this beast is that we are superior. And we, you know, we belong and we supposed to have, you know. And if all the non-white groups left, they'd fight among each other. Yeah. People are always going to find a way to separate instead of a way to come together. It's, it's so much uh, so much easier to find things that are different between you and me than there is to find things in common. Because things in common, usually I have to talk to you about and discuss. But things that are different are sometimes obviously seen especially skin color, you know, so it's mm -hmm. always going to be something that people are going to rebel against. And then let's talk about our judicial system. I know that you are an attorney, but systematically the history of, of the judicial system towards black people is, is ridiculous. It's, uh, it's, it's horrible, you know, and, and it still happens. It really does, you know, like, um, what is that little guy named? He was just released he traveled all the way across state lines with the gun to Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. And so the, the judge, what he did was he threw out those charges where the guy, it was just obvious. You had the gun, you traveled totally across obvious. the across state lines. He threw that out. He was, he knew when he saw this little boy that looked like his grandson or whatever, that he was not gonna put this boy in jail. He didn't care how many people he had killed that was out there in that protest for George Floyd. So he was, so that kind of stuff, it still happens, you know, now definitely some black people are, are committing crimes and they need, they get the time that they're supposed to have, you know, some every now and then get a break, but the majority of it, if you do something, you better know you're going to pay more time than the average person, you, you know, than the Caucasian. Rather. I don't want to put you out of business, Karen, but nobody wants to go to court. <laughs> <laughs> not at all you don't know what's gonna happen in there yeah yeah um so let me ask this um oh well let me mention this so i saw an i saw a story about a man who he befriended the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan black man yeah we saw that befriended the grand dragon <laughs> and after a while the grand dragon ended up giving him his 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 sheet and and stuff and got out of, of that and then apparently several other ones did the same thing because, 200 others yeah because because they saw that their similarities were more than their differences mm -hmm. and well, so, they actually discussed it with him as mm -hmm. opposed to just looking at him and saying oh he's different from us mm-hmm presumptions and things that they grew up hearing about and things that they were taught as they were growing up mm. and ended up ended up okay well we're not so different we're all made the same way you know we all come into this world the same way you know mm. um and and there's one god it's not a god for the colored people and a god for the other people you know it's all mm. the same god and so uh, that was a very interesting story to me because it tells me that love conquers hate. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, ultimately all the time. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's why people go. I'm burn talking about ultimately. Fire. That's still love from God. Those people wouldn't be happy in heaven. They wouldn't okay. fit. Well, no, no. That's God's love, but they did not change. They're, they are the same. Not all the time. The principle right of love always conquers. Right. There are there are not individual instances. There are incorrigible people that are going to end up in hellfire because right. they refuse reproofs. They refused the love know, of God. Love of God. They were professed Christians, right. but they did not choose to um, walk in the path of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know. They wanted to call themselves Christians and uphold and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I do this. I was just reading about uh, the prophet Balaam and how he was a professed Christian, but he was, but his, 
his downfall was his covetousness. And because he wouldn't let go of his covetousness, then that is what basically dragged him down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that quote unquote professed Christians think about themselves. And one of the things they pointed out about Balaam was that he thought that he could hold on to God and mammon. He could do both. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't. He couldn't do both. And no matter how hard he tried, you know, finally the Lord let him go to um, quote unquote speak over the children of Israel. But God told him, you could you can only say what I tell you to say. Well, Balaam wanted, he wanted the riches that were promised him from the king that that was afraid of the Israelites coming in. Mm-hmm. And he wanted those riches and he wanted that honor and he wanted to be promoted. He wanted all of those things. And he thought, okay, well, I'll go and say what God tells me to say, but I'm going to still, I still want those things that were promised. And even after he blessed the children of Israel and the king went away angry with him, he still went after the king to try to get those things. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it, it was it was this one thing that caused his downfall. He just could not let go of earthly, you know, things and honor and all of that. Which is the downfall of everybody. Selfishness. Yeah. What do I want? What am I going to get out of this? What about yeah. me? How can I benefit at yeah. the expense of others? And there's always going to be so-called Christian, professed Christians, as she says, who are always going to claim that they love the Lord, but they're going to be doing evil to other people because they want something out of it, as opposed to what God is wanting them to get out of it. Or, you know, it's always me, myself, and I, me and my wife, him and his wife, us four, no more. That kind of thinking gets everybody in trouble because it excludes everybody else from ever getting any blessings when there's more than enough blessings to go around. If people would just accept that, that I can get what I want, but you can get what you want. We can all be happy. There wouldn't be so much fighting and hatred. But because everybody thinks it's only one gold, it's only one brass ring to get. So now we got to fight and kill each other over it. Whereas there is plenty of brass rings for everybody. Everybody can have two or three of them. But people don't understand that principle of sharing the wealth. They think I'm just going to hoard it all to myself. It's just sad that the the way that you can get out of it is simple, but it's not always easy with human nature getting in the way. Um, I just want to mention one other thing, um, and that's going back to the Sabbath school lesson. uh, And I'm looking for that uh, scripture where it was talking about um, one of the, someone returned uh, a slave to his master. And the question was, what was the difference between that and um, modern and the slavery that this country um, experienced where Ellen White absolutely said, do not return. You, you know, God does not sanction returning the slave to his master. What's your question again? So my question is, which is the same question they asked in the Sabbath school lesson, what is the difference between that where the slave was returned to the master and Ellen White's statement that during during the time of slavery in this country, slaves were not supposed to be returned to their masters. Well, I think the system was different, uh, Karen. I think those people was in servitude maybe due to debt or something. And there was an end to it. You know, there was, you know, it wasn't their whole entire lives. Secondly, the cruelty, you know, the, just the cruelty of the stuff that was being done to black people, you know, chopping off somebody's foot, dipping them in tar. Just ridiculous, crazy. It's just cruelty. So for that, and and there was no end to it. You know, it was going to be forever and ever. And their children were born into slavery and stuck, and their children's children. There just wasn't an end to it, you know. And now, I'm just going to add this, because this don't have nothing to do with your question. But this is the thing that get me. Now, after, you know, they have really enjoyed slavery, hit the benefits of slavery for all those hundreds of years and, you know, stuff. 
mad. What you mad about? Shouldn't somebody be saying, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for making our lives so much easier, giving us this big leg up on you all. And no, they're mad and, and furious <laughs> about because, you know, the Lord saw fit to move us out of that position. But I think it's just, it, it, it was the whole, that was a whole different system than what they had over there uh, in the biblical time. Mm-hmm. Well, and when I, you ride in the gravy train and it stops, you're definitely going to want more gravy. Mm. That's what they was riding the gravy train. And once it stopped, they was like, hey, don't stop the gravy train. We want more. Mm. I, 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 I agree with, with, with you, Lakita. I think that that time period that the Bible was discussing, it was voluntary servitude. And those slaves were treated like members of the family, they were treated so well. Whereas during the slavery in this country, it was, first of all, it was involuntary. People were taken from their home, from their country land, their Mm -hmm. homeland and brought over here against their will. And then the families were split up. um, Like you were saying, the families were split up and there was just no regard for uh, human life. The human lives of the slaves, they were, they were like animals. They were treated like animals, like property. Mm-hmm. And it was an entirely different uh, occasion. And so perhaps her, her, her um, advice would have been different if it was the voluntary servitude where, you know, the slave was treated like family member, you know, versus mm-hmm. over here. And, and they were treated like animals and actually. Um, Worse than animals. Right, right. Worse than animals, yes. Another, and another thing too, those slave masters were feeding into every debased, um, debased thought and inclination in their body. To return those people was actually putting temptation back in the way of these slave masters. You know, they, they you know, those slave masters, um, and this is, I'm not for sure which book it is, but Sister White says that they, the slaves, the slaves are going to be as if they were not. It's, it's as if they were not. And the slave masters are going to bear the burden of their sin. They're going to burn for those people's sins. Mm, so, yeah. Right. You know, it was it's not in the to give these people brains a rest from all their cruelty. Maybe some sunshine can get up in there and work something out for them. But yeah, you know, that was a whole different system. Even over in, in Africa, people want to Caucasians want to justify. Well, they were in slavery in, in Africa too. It wasn't what you guys were doing. It's not what you are. Right. Yeah, the sheer brutality of American slavery is legendary. And they even you know, I, I know I've mentioned going down to the war museum downtown. Man, mm-hmm. I always wonder who in the world thought of this stuff. It's just implements of torture and, mm. and pain. And I'm like, you have to be a, led by the devil to think of this stuff. So that's mm-hmm. true about some of the slave owners, some of the contraptions they came up with to harm and to maim and to hurt the slaves and to keep them in bondage. That's just Satan's work. That's all you can say. And no human being could think that up on their own, some of this stuff they were doing. Just sad. And there, and the sad part, too, is there are people living now who would do the same thing if, if the rest of the majority, if the rest of the people don't stop them. It's like that saying, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So mm-hmm. if we sit back and we don't vote for the right candidates and we don't get involved in social uh, justice protest and whatever become Mm -hmm. involved it could happen again because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of evil people and evil people tend to stick together pretty well well we know know. it is going to happen again because when they change the when they start to try to make everybody um worship on change the law on the sabbath so you know it's going to happen again at least they're going to attempt to do it but because of the intervention of god is not going to be what they think it is but yeah, I'm talking about even before that, there's there's people in, in Congress and in the courts who would love to bring the same old type of slavery that America had back now. They would do it right now if we don't stand up and stop them. 
Because therefore, you know, we have to be about training our kids to be political. And I just really believe it may just be me, Karen, but when, when I first came into this church or sometime in the past, it just changed recently. It, it hasn't been like years and years, but there was that was that whole thing of, you know, we don't get politically involved and we don't do this and blah, blah, blah. And I bought into all that foolishness. But, you know, um, and so we, don't, we wasn't training our children to go into politics. We weren't encouraging them to become attorneys. But as you know, as you can see now, by being docile and standing back, that hasn't helped. It's only hurt. But it ain't yeah. too late to train children and stuff. No, but you know, no, it's not. I think you're right. Okay, let's uh go through the, the questions that I I've started at the end of the class and either one of you all can answer these. Uh, so what was the point of this chapter to you? To let people know that even if they may think they're Christians, you may think you're a Christian, but we cannot, even let's put it for us in, in our world, we cannot go to heaven if we hate the Ku Klux Klan. We cannot allow that stuff to be in us. We can't go to heaven when or choose to vote for stuff that's not right and that will oppress other people and think that we're still going to go to heaven. We can't do that. We can't mm -hmm. participate or, you know, stand by idly or participate in cruelty to other people and animals even. We can't do that and, and say, I am a Christian of God because we're just professing Christianity. Pure, uh, true Christianity says, I will not allow this to happen, you know, in my, in my presence. I will not condone this. Okay, so basically we have to examine ourselves and make sure that we come into alignment with the principles in the word of God. Yes. Okay, um, what, what's the principle that we can take from this, this chapter? Uh, the principle from this whole chapter? Mm -hmm. I think the principle is always keep God first and foremost so that our thoughts and beliefs are based on his word and his testimony. And then we can't go astray as long as we're doing that. And I was thinking that it's God is love. You know, that he is love. And that, you know, if we're going to be like him, we have to be about love. I would say, I would add to that we have to be rooted and grounded in truth, biblical truth, and not opinions and pervert the pervert perverted truth of our own thinking, but we have to be rooted and grounded in biblical truth mm -hmm. so that we, so that we are not deceived, self-deceived, not deluded um, by anything that draws us away from biblical truth. You know, um, you mentioned the word deluded. I think it's just so amazing to me to see when you can obviously see that people are believing a lie, there's evidence showing them that it's a lie, there's proof, there's examples, and they still choose to believe the lie. And that's just amazing to me. But the Lord said it, he would give people a reprobate mind that they would believe a lie. And that's what we see today in society, people just falling for the okie doke left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, what should our personal prayer be as a result of this chapter? Well, we should pray for ourselves that, you know, um, I think David in Psalms, he was like, um, well, I'm just going to paraphrase it because I can't come up with the words now, but he was asking God to um, show him his himself, you know, and help him to see him himself as he is. So we need to, first of all, spend some time reflecting on, are we truly, you know, loving, kind people? That's the first thing. And then we need to pray for others, those who are struggling with this. You know, they some people really believe that they are right while they try to stump down other people's lives and stump them out. You know, like Saul. Remember Saul going around killing up the Christians and stuff, thinking mm -hmm. he was right. You mm -hmm. know, really believed that guy had to, like, knock him off the horse and striking with blindness, the whole bit. <laughs> I'm thinking about that serenity prayer. Lord, grant me the courage to change the things I can, the ability to accept the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. 
I think about something that uh, Elder Brown used to say all the time, Lord, help me to stand for the right, though the heavens may fall. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, written down there on the civil courts building. Uh-huh. And, 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 and in fact, Ellen White in, in the Sabbath school lesson, that's something that she did. She didn't, she didn't want to bring uh, uh, conflict upon herself, but at the same time, she felt like, okay, I can't not say anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I was and- thinking about that civil course because every time I used to go down there, when I first noticed, they have a lot of scriptures in court. And I was thinking, I thought it was separation of church and state, but yeah. they have all kinds of scriptures. I mean, engraved into the side of the buildings and stuff. I thought yeah. that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Anybody here, the building folks are uncomfortable with reading scriptures. Anyway, hmm? those, people who are, <laughs> those people who are complaining, they don't know scriptures anyway, so. <laughs> so they don't know if it's from the Bible or what. If it's from <laughs> well, that was my observation. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, and then how do we apply this chapter to our own lives? By the grace of God. Okay. Uh, we, the way we use this chapter is to, like, we can see how bad other people are. <laughs> Just <laughs> <Let's> be grateful. <laughs> no, we, like I said, you know, in this chapter points out professed Christians, and maybe we should spend some time, maybe even going over the doctrines of what we believe and comparing what we believe to what we are actually doing, and then see where we are coming up short. You know, maybe we should look at um, Jesus' acts of kindness, and you know, how would we feel if a leper person came to us or someone came and they wanted something, you know, just start start looking at what we are doing. Because we can't, we can't change nobody else. We can't change ourselves. All we can do is ask the Lord to reveal it to us so that we can do something different. And I think that's good. And I agree with that is that if we look at the life of Jesus and see how he reacted to the poor, the marginalized, um, the women in his society, um, if we look at that and see how he treated them, you know, he was always being uh, uh, accused by the Pharisees of why are you sitting with them? Why are you over there with them? Why are you eating with them? You know, but if we look at his life and see that every single person was important to him, he came to seek and save the lost, period. Not seek and save the rich, not seek and save the powerful, you know. Um, to seek and save the lost, and oftentimes, uh, what was that? What was that? He said um, when they when he was asked about that, and he said, "A physician doesn't have what? Did, what was that scripture?" Um, I'm trying to remember that scripture, where he was talking about how one particular group didn't need him as much as another particular group did. Uh, now um, the- the sick, the sick need a physician, not the well. Right. Those right. who are well don't need a physician. The sick mm-hmm. need a physician. Right, right. And so um, I think that if we're looking at his example in all things, then we see how he treated people. And there was no bias. There was no favoritism. There was just a love for every single individual. And um, we can't, if, if we look at that and try to pattern ourselves like that, I think that for me, that's the application, you know, mm-hmm. not, not, not have favorites, not play uh, 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 favorites or bias or anything like that. But, and obviously, you know, one person can't save the whole world or one person can't do for everyone that's in need in the whole world, but you can do within your circle and within your sphere, when you see a need, you can, you can help to address it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the application. And it goes also back to what you said, Lee, is that all it takes for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. And so I think that all of us may have a different gift for the doing part. Everybody's not gonna do in the same way and in the same manner and in the same fashion but everybody can do something when you see evil prospering. 
you know, in, in, within, you know, in front of your own eyes, you know, and even when it's not in front of your eyes, like Ukraine, you can pray, you know? So um, I think that's, that's part of the application for me. Okay, Lee, where are we next week? Um, next week we're in, uh, we're still on chapter one of Christian, the book, Christian service, still chapter one, but it's subsection, a call to the individual. And that's uh, paragraph 9.3, okay. a, a call to the individual. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. Um, well, let's close out with prayer. Um, dear, kind, gracious, loving heavenly father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we've been able to spend Lord together studying from the spirit of prophecy. We thank you for these principles that we have, um, learned and also Lord, um, for how we're going to apply them into our lives. We thank you for another Sabbath day. I pray that you would bless everyone that was on the class or listening to the class on the internet or any other means or form. And uh, I just pray that you would bless us, Lord, going forward to be prepared for your soon return. Examine ourselves and make sure, Lord, that we are not, quote unquote, professed Christians, but we are truly following you. We thank you for every blessing. We give you all glory, praise, and honor. And until we meet again, Lord Jesus, we ask that you keep us with all of your keeping power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Andre, you can take us off. <laughs>